0: With 80-plus episodes in the vault and more than $3 million in total compensation increases received by the Secrets Village, KP and PR are still dropping jewels. Secrets continues to validate that you are not crazy with the challenges faced in trying to reach and exceed your career aspirations. A listener describes Secrets as helping to pinpoint areas I need to develop in conversations I never knew I needed to hear. And season five will definitely not disappoint as they continue to deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to increase your market value by building generational wealth. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, have paid their dues to reach the top of corporate America, and they want to share their stories with you to transform your journey. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance your career so fill up those cups and welcome to season five
1: hey everybody welcome to secrets kp what is happening with you my brother hey what's going on PR? good to see you today
2: What's on my mind right now is Queen Elizabeth II. She is on my mind today. Uh-oh. You know,
1: like, like she is with everybody.
2: That's right. She was just laid to rest last week after a 10-day morning period that just conjured up a lot of feelings. I mean,
1: she, she's the talk of the town.
2: Yeah. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. And the Queen's reign was complex, probably at best. It's probably the best way to sum it up. She was a female trailblazer, but also was an overseer of a centuries-old system of oppression of marginalized people, and we got to just recognize it and call it. Uh-oh.
1: Uh-oh.
0: <laughs>
2: <You>
1: <laughs> look like, like you going in over there, Keith. Have you ever, like, got close to doing something that you knew was probably going to get you in trouble? Oh, for sure. Like, just walk you, on the edge. You know, it when you was teetering on the edge, right, and you knew it was going to get you in trouble, and after thinking about it, you said... Fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) If I'm going to get in trouble, I might as well get in trouble for doing something I want to do. Right. Well, today is probably one of them days because we may get in some trouble today. Right. Because that complexity that you spoke of regarding the Queen's legacy is great for people who want to highlight the traditions of the monarchy and the length of service that she uh, served. But black people and other marginalized people may have a different opinion about the harm and the impacts that British colonialization had on them. Mm -hmm. KP, this is something that needs to be dissected here, right? (laughs) Because there's so many layers, because black and brown people in the U.S. have a very similar experience with the institutions and systems oppressing us as well.
2: They sure don't. And this ain't a coincidence at the end of the day, Ricky. (laughs) This ain't ain't an accident? No, it ain't an accident. In fact, there's an age old phrase that says the british invented racism the americans perfected it hello hello <laughs> I mean, and again i mean america was birthed from the womb of british colonialism mm-hmm. and this is why we continue to tell our secrets village you are not crazy <laughs> <laughs> the stuff is all connected it is real as looking in the mirror right and some people don't see it But it's connected and it impacts how we show up at work every single
1: day. Every single day. And in this episode, we're going to actually dissect the paradox and complexity of Queen Elizabeth's reign. We will look at the experiences of black and brown people in in, uh, Britain and the U.S. together. We'll provide receipts on the issues marginalized employees in Britain face in the workplace. And we'll close out with a double dose of secrets on how to Stand Up to Oppression in the Workplace, because it ain't easy. We oh, understand. Yeah. And we'll also focus on what King Charles can do to make life better for black and brown people in the Commonwealth.
2: Yeah, this is going to be a doozy. As you say, we may we may step into it a little bit today, but, <laughs> right, but we ready. Some, some we people ready. may not like this they today. They may not like it. It's all right. I brought some towels to wipe off my shoes. <laughs> <step> in, right? <laughs> and really, I mean, as we were just talking, I mean... Queen Elizabeth's reign was just, it was all about paradox Mm -hmm. and, and complexity at the end of the day. I mean, she was a trailblazer and in so many respects, she is an icon. She is the most recognizable woman in the world, an icon to women around the world and consistently regarded as one of the most admired women in the world. You can't deny it. I mean, it is what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we could spend a few minutes right now, PR, just putting a little shine on it to talk about the good, because there was good. And there was also the other side of the
1: calling, Right, right. And I, and I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is, like, despite being an heir to the throne, enlisted in the military during, like, World War II. Yeah. I mean, like, that's a long time ago yeah when you're really thinking about absolutely it, right? she joined the women's auxiliary territory service known as the ats and trained for six weeks as an auto mechanic she was visible throughout the war and was widely praised for her service during the war. So yeah. she put in that work. She put you know, in basically. the work. She mm-hmm. put in the
2: work. And especially she didn't have to. I mean, she right. an heir to the throne. Uh-huh. She didn't have to do that. But she did. She stepped up and did her part, being a good citizen. And by the time Elizabeth ascended to the throne in 1952, the British Empire was already in rapid decline. And is explained by the Imperial War Museums. Prior to World War II, Britain had maintained a vast empire of colonial holdings and a reputation as a world power. Mm-hmm. And at its height, the British Empire held fifty seven colonies and other territories, comprising about a quarter of the landmass in the world.
1: Had they basically had their nose in
2: everything? Everything. And a rapid list of former colonies began breaking away into carrying themselves independent states, beginning with India in 1947. Although that process of establishing what's known as the Commonwealth today began in the late 19th century, really fell to Elizabeth II to kind of guide the country and the mm-hmm. British Empire through a rapid acceleration of the process. And when she was crowned, the Commonwealth had eight member states. Today, there's 54, which means that the queen kind of oversaw a process in which practically the whole British empire collapsed and transformed into kind of this voluntary association of a bunch of sovereign nations.
1: I mean, that's a lot of responsibility. Like, like you can't like act like it would have happened without her being in charge. Right. right? Like, you know, you have to give credit where credit is due in terms of being able to corral that many.
2: And get them all to want to be together and work together, at least on some level.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Look, she also stabilized the Royal family's position With her willingness to modernize and embrace change, realizing that her subjects needed to see the royal family as approachable. They needed to be able to come in and see them as being somewhat just like them. Mm -hmm. She appeared on television regularly and spoke directly to the people. She also embraced new technology. She also changed her views on marriage, divorce, made the succession to the throne more equitable and reduce the amount of public dollars provided to support the royal family. So, meaning taking money out of her own family's, mm-hmm. you know, mouth. That's you right. know, at the end of the day,
2: but they still getting a lot,
1: trust me. Yeah, right? yeah, they, getting a <laughs> they but, get a lot. They still get a lot. But you know, again, but, by making herself more personable and approachable, she gave up some of that yeah. to be seen as approachable, Absolutely. to be seen as like common people, so to speak.
2: Absolutely. And finally, I think one thing that people probably don't recognize is that the queen was credited with being one of the most, one of the greatest supporters of charity work in the world. Mm -hmm. And according to uh, Virgin Magazine, she supported more than 600 charities in Britain alone. And the royal family as a whole officially supports nearly 3,000 charities around the world, which is great. And the queen was responsible for at least in part for raising close to $2 billion for charitable organizations during her reign, and she made it a special focus in her life to help reduce poverty, and she reportedly worked behind the scenes to help end apartheid in South Africa, and even she privately supported Black Lives Matter, even though nobody would really attribute that to her right, for sure. Right. Mm-hmm,
1: for sure so. Keith, the way that you uh, uh, put it earlier when you said it was complex, mm-hmm. you know, was 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 important. I think it is important actually. To to recognize, the good parts. Yeah, absolutely. Okay? But the complex reign of the queen also has some other things, right? Despite these trailblazing accomplishments that we that we highlight, and there's many more. Yeah, you know, there's oh, yeah, many yeah, there's more. Many more. The queen continued to uphold the British system of colonization, racism, and oppression. So. It makes her legacy complex, yes, right? Like, yes, it do, does and this is where the con the quandary comes into play. Mm-hmm. Do we spend more time talking about some of those good things that didn't happen to impact the people who think that they were good, right? Right, <laughs> you know, or do we <laughs> talk little, about you know the context?
2: That's right. And provide a little balance
1: that, that you know where the other side seems to uh, be um, impacted. So it's kind of like America's complex history, right? with George Washington or Thomas Jefferson. I mean, yeah, they did some remarkable shit, Keith, but right? yeah. they still owned slaves and upheld the system of oppression and continued the us today, right? I mean, Absolutely. They did some great stuff. They don't get us wrong. Stuff.
2: They did some bad shit, too. Absolutely. Yeah, holding slaves is about yeah. as bad as you can
1: get. When we talk to some of our peers that look like us, some who don't have as much melanin, and we talk about the good things, and then you, yeah. your manager comes back and says, yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I understand, but yeah, okay, this is that yeah, but yes, moment. yeah, but. okay, this is that yeah, but moment. Mm-hmm. So, look, at the end of the day, America was in essence a runaway teenager that still holds the same principles, okay, it does. values, and DNA as the UK <laughs> absolutely,
2: absolutely. <laughs> it's like we were a teenager, a badass teenager, ran away, but you can't deny <laughs> where you came from.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean it is, what it, is. it is what it is we can keep talking about the good shit right okay <laughs> but some bad things there too. Mm-hmm.
2: and black twitter and irish twitter pointed to this quandary as as we've been mourning the queen's death over the last uh, couple weeks you know it's really celebrating a historical figure while also pointing out their complex history with marginalized people and i think irish twitter i mean they were on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then they found solidarity with Black Twitter uh, not too long after that. Go figure. But but I mean Irish Twitter, I mean the context of their conversations really reflected on the long rocky road with the monarchy and especially in the context of the Great Irish Famine as mm-hmm. an example. Mm-hmm. Here again in the history books, the famine is often described as kind of this freak of nature, something that happened every thousands of years. Mm-hmm. But In reality, it was a little bit more complex than that because Britain systematically held back resources and made starvation and suffering a lot worse than it should have been at the end of the day because they were really trying to maximize resources for for the crown
1: yeah no absolutely so rather than it's that quandary Mm -hmm. that we speak about all the time right is it you're gonna do the right thing Yes, you know are you gonna do the white thing Yes, right and Mm -hmm. in this case it was like are you gonna do the business that the queen wants you to do yes (laughs) you know like who what loyalties Mm -hmm. do you have there but again we're talking about suffering unnecessary suffering for the irish people because again they didn't do the right thing yeah You know, so they have to be held accountable. Yeah, absolutely. We need to talk about that. We need to talk about it. And look, Black Twitter was uh, equally fierce in pointing out the role of uh, Britain in the transatlantic slave trade. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, there was a lot, you know, to that. Invented here. The fact that the royal family made its fortune off of the slave trade is something that needs to be talked about. Okay. And like monarchs before her. The queen did not acknowledge how the royal family benefited from centuries of slavery. Centuries. We're not centuries. talking about like a, a couple minutes. No, centuries. <laughs> centuries of <laughs> slavery. And further, racial segregation was the law in Britain for the first 13 years of the queen's reign, and Buckingham Palace banned ethnic minorities from office roles until the late 1960s. Yes. Can we, when was the civil rights movement happening keith att- hey <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what i'm saying 50s and 60s yeah. I mean, she, she became queen in 1952 yeah so we're talking about when things start versus like when, when somebody comes up with a good idea and then you you know make that idea better yeah. so like again we can sit here and talk about tomato tomato who came up with it first but it's ironically similar yes how the same shit was going on mm-hmm. at the same time. Same time as a global movement. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but we, but we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna necessarily say who was that at fault. But right. under your leadership, mm-hmm. under your reign, this shit was happening. This still happening, right? It was still happening, and it didn't have to.
2: Speaking of pulling back now from the Queen and just just looking at general in general, like the UK and the US, and some how, similarities. How it's been? I mean. We've been talking, I mean, if you've been listening, even what we've been talking about already sounds eerily
1: familiar. Yeah, uh-huh. like a we... bad movie, <laughs> like right. a bad recording. <laughs> I think right. I've seen this before. I That's know how right. this shit ends.
2: Absolutely. And it, eerily familiar, especially when you dissect how these systems of oppression contributed mm-hmm. to generational wealth for hundreds of years. And again, this isn't an official receipt section but we still gonna have some dimes to drop on you right here. Right. Let's look at some of the shenanigans that marginalized people deal with in the UK and how the apple
1: don't fall far from the tree <laughs> when it comes to America. Right. Keith, I, it's, it's crazy that we even talking about this. It is, okay. Because right? again, we're talking about the similarities here. Right. So in England and Wales, black people were nine times more likely to be stopped and searched than white people and eight times more likely to be tasered in 2019. And even though white people are more likely to be found with illegal substances, we still getting tased more and still... Getting but, stopped and yeah. searched. Hello? eerily familiar. Yeah. Bad recording? <laughs> Does this sound like you've seen this movie before? That's right. And black people are more likely to
2: receive harsher treatment for mental health issues. For example, being compulsorily admitted and subjected to seclusion and restraint in mental health facilities. Oh my
1: God. Okay. Now this is like when we talk about Doing blind applications when people apply for jobs. If you yes. just take the the name, mm-hmm. you know, off or maybe the the demographic region, and you just go off of credentials, yeah, you would probably think you were talking about like a white candidate yeah, sometimes. Sure. But then when you look at it and you read the name, you're like, oh, wait a minute, wait I, a I, minute. I, yeah, right. I, like I retract, right? <laughs> so, but we're we just we just talking about them down, yeah, yeah. But we're just talking about the credentials here, and you would you would know that you were talking about the UK or the US. That's right, based Mm-mm. off of just the simple things. That that we're talking about here and again while deaths in police custody are on a much smaller scale in the uk the uh angolini uh, review found that black people were more likely to die by police force than white people the 2017 report highlighted the harmful stereotype that black men are dangerous violent and volatile mm,
2: mm, mm. Yeah. It do right. matter where you show This up. is
1: the vigilante syndrome mm-hmm. that we talk about, right? The yeah. way that we, just with words.
2: Absolutely. You
1: know, just by, by sheer looking at someone, you perceive them to be a threat before they've even done anything. A
2: mm-hmm, threat. So I guess they clutch in their purses over in Britain, too. Yeah. Right? When we walk back. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. And per the BBC, racism in the UK has a thread kind of based on nationality and immigration. Mm-hmm. While black life has always been criminalized and dehumanized in America. That's kind of a little bit of difference there. And racism towards black people in America has largely nothing to do with immigration or nationality. It just has to do with the fact that you're black Mm -hmm. right? at the end of the day. Because think about it, there's no home country for African Americans to connect to. Whereas if you're in Britain or the UK, you have immigration coming from Africa and other majority black nations that are actually coming into the country. But instead. The U.S. is essentially a status quo of domestic alienation, Mm -hmm. dehumanization, criminalization, and terror, is how the BBC describes it, right? (laughs) And European racism is bad, but it was still more welcoming than America Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And they also point out that America's systemic racism started with slavery and the various slave codes, laws created at the state and federal level that codified Inhumane practice of chattel slavery into law. they said the American South was a slave society,, yep. not merely a society with slaves as it was in, in Europe. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. However, you know, fall, even following the abolition of slavery, laws similar to the slave codes continue to oppress black people.
1: So again, you know a lot, a lot of you may be getting a little uptight,, maybe kind of switching and m- mm-hmm. moving around in your seats. But again, we're just talking about what it was. What we're it like, was. we're not making this is. up. Yeah, That's we're right. not making this up. And both countries like to sweep the impact of slavery and brutal oppression under the rug. I mean, yeah. let's talk about all yeah. these other I think what aboutism. What's, what's the new uh term? Like instead of it actually being called slavery in America, we're calling it involuntary relocation. Yes, involuntary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on now, man. Shit. Okay. As British historian David Ol- Olasuga uh points out. Excusing or downplaying British racism with comparison to the US is a bad habit with a long history, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's been happening forever It began in 1807 with the abolition of the slave trade and picked up steam three decades later with the end of British slavery Twin events, okay, twin events that marked the beginning of 200 years of moral posturing and historical amnesia Okay, historical amnesia. I love that phrase right there. The Victorian readers who rightly wept over Uncle Tom's cabin, for example, conveniently forgot which nation had carried his ancestors into slavery and didn't dwell on the fact that most of the cotton produced by American slaves, like him, was shipped to Liverpool. Keith? Oh, ooh. (laughs) Okay. Hello. For two centuries, we have deployed American racism as a distraction. It's as if we find it easier to recognize American forms of racism than we do our own homegrown varieties. Convenient, okay, convenient. Convenient. Okay? As pointing fingers is always more comforting then looking in the mirror. Here we go. Yeah, we ain't talking about me. That's right. That mirror okay, moment. Yeah, yeah. We ain't talking about no, me. we mean. talking about what you did. What about them?
2: <laughs> yeah. What about them? I, <laughs> I, hear that all I know
1: time. I am, but what are you?
2: Well,
1: what are you? <laughs> you do a lot more than I did. <laughs> right. <laughs> we measuring, we're measuring who's 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 the worst. Who's the I worst? I might be bad, Keith. But you worse than me. But you
2: worse than me. You've done a whole (laughs) bunch of bad stuff. And the impact of all this is that you think about it. I mean, black, brown, and other marginalized people continue to suffer across the globe because we are unable and unwilling to dismantle all of these power structures that have been around for centuries at the end of the day. The power is deep. Yes, and it's money.
1: Yeah. It's generational wealth that we talk about. And look, man, the moral to the story for me, honestly, is. The plight of black, brown, and other marginalized people is systemic, okay? Yes. And it's rooted in centuries of colonialism, oppression, and racism. Like, again, as much as we want to, like, not talk about it, there is a system this, to what this is, it is. This is and by is. not talking about it, it's part of the system. It's part of the system. <laughs> you
2: know what I mean? And it's funny because, I mean, even just reading the news reports about the queen passing and what all of that means— they were. I was reading one article about how they were talking about all the things that are going to pass from the queen mm-hmm. to King Charles. Yep. All her shit becomes his shit. Yeah. All his shit becomes William's shit. Yep. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And all the shit that he has becomes his kid's stuff. And,
1: and, 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 so it is is that what we call tradition? Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so again, you do things. And you don't even really know why you're doing this it. because we, we've we always done it this way. So, if you're really going to challenge the status quo, here's an opportunity. Right. If you're really going to, like, make your legacy be different, mm-hmm. here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. <laughs> and, and look, Keith, look, I know, again, we're going to get a whole bunch of hate mail. You know how people be, you know, <laughs> trying to put us on blast and saying we race baiters. And i like... Honestly, if we just we, we one day we might have to have an episode where we just read all of the slick shit that people say to us. <laughs> we might have to, yeah, because I mean, ultimately, now I know people think we're putting a lot on it, but this is the part of the show where we always navigate into the receipts. Yeah, okay. And today we're just going to share some receipts about issues marginalized employees in Britain facing the workplace. So we're going to bring it back. We're going to bring, gonna it, bring back. it back to you and let you know how this impacts your your fellow co-workers in the UK. In the UK. And it may sound eerily familiar. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bad movie. Bad <laughs> recording. So
2: receipt number one. According to Race in the Workplace, the McGregor Smith Review, UK, there's discrimination and bias at every stage of an individual's career and even before it begins in the UK from networks to recruitment and then into the workplace it is there black brown and minority ethnic people called BME in the UK BME people are faced with a distinct lack of role models they are more likely to perceive the workplace as hostile they are less likely to apply for and be given promotions and they are more likely to be disciplined or judged harshly in fact, people with a BME background have an unemployment rate of 15.3% compared to 11.5% for white workers.
1: I mean, this sounds like the uh, all-familiar okey-doke, okey-doke that we've been talking about. I mean, Keith, I mean, we're talking about BME or, excuse me, or did you say BIPOC? Okay? No, BME. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah same. it's BME. You know, same, I mean, same difference. Same, same thing there, but we're talking about a lack of role models, meaning they can't See, See them what they want to be. Okay, we're talking about be able to, uh or probably more likely be perceived as hostile in the workplace, like angry Negro or yep. angry black woman or whatever it is. They're like, all of those things. Like, we're calling it something else. Yep. But it's the same shit. Same stuff. You know, it smells like a pig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. it's, it right. sounds like a duck. That's right. <laughs> Therefore, all the Yeah. I mean, which is crazy, man. Receipt number two according to the McGregor Review, people of color are more likely to be overqualified for the job that they are in. But white people are more likely to be promoted. And a report by the trade union Congress pointed out that nearly half of BME workers said they had experienced at least one form of discrimination consistent with the institutional racism, such as being unfairly disciplined or missing out on a promotion.
2: Yep. There
1: you go. I mean, we can sit here and go back to we can link the receipts that we're giving right now to past episodes. That oh, we've yeah. already talked about Absolutely. We we'll probably go back to episode one. <laughs> <laughs> like so and, like one. this is ominously familiar to every episode that we've yeah. talked about so far. That
2: we talked about so far. So it ain't just us, America. Yeah. Jason look, look, starts. Secrets
1: UK. That's that's right. Hello. Hello.
2: <laughs> and receipt number three. In that same report by the uh, Trade Unions Congress, 41% of black and minority workers in Britain reported experiencing racism in the workplace in the past five years. And among younger workers, those aged 25 to 34, the number was 52%. And it was 58% among workers aged 18 to 24. Mm. So it's just getting worse. Or at least it's coming out in the open. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what some of that Trumpism that we were talking about mm-hmm. before. People just don't care no more, so they just say anything that they want to say at the end of the day. And racist incidents include overhearing racist jokes, being subjected to stereotyping or comments about appearance, or outright bullying and harassment are some of the reported issues that are black and other minorities workers' face.
1: And Keith, you didn't just make the shit up. I mean it like, it this, makes this, in, like, like, a, like this is a report. Yeah. This, this is, this public, is, knowledge. This this is, is public knowledge. This is public this is public knowledge. And it'll be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> they can get this shit the same way we did, Keith. That's right. And and let me let me just point out, I'm getting ready to give receipt number four and there were way more receipts than four. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Way more receipts than four. Absolutely. Okay, just just so that we're clear. But receipt number four, uh, let's speak to an incident from 2019. And it was noted that there were fewer ftse 100 ethnic minority ceos than there were ftse 100 ceos called steve <laughs> steve so there,
2: there were more ceos named steve than there were like minority ceos yeah i mean i know it sounds crazy of the hundred biggest companies in in yeah. britain
1: yeah, Steve. Okay. Steve. Only 1 in 16 top management positions are held by an ethnic minority person. We're not even double clicking and saying male or female. Right. We ain't okay. even going deep. <laughs> what you saying minority in general, <laughs> man? Minority, right. We ain't saying black. Mm-mm. You know, what like we're, this is the whole Bipod, the whole thing, you know, wrapped into one here. This is crazy. I mean, I know it. We had to end on on a ridiculous, you know, (laughs) receipt there. But this is just how we're telling you. Like, this is the okie doke again. This is the you're crazy, you think you're crazy moment, Mm -hmm. and you know you're not. And you know you're not.
2: But we're gonna leave it right there because. I feel a future episode coming on where well, we're going to have to have like a Brit, like bring it hard <laughs> yeah. and we can break it down a little bit. Yeah,
1: no, party. absolutely. No. So look, look, we done went in and we didn't talked about what this means to us. You know, Keith, like personally, we've actually given folks some receipts and I know people may still be a little upset. Like, no, so what are we supposed to do about it? Right. Okay? <laughs> That's right. This is the part, you this know, of the it. show when we talk about the secrets. And today we will have a double dose of secrets for you. First, we'll start out by providing four secrets on how you can stand up to oppression in the workplace. And then we'll provide four secrets on what King Charles can do. We're trying to get his brother some help. Yeah. King Charles, what he can do to make life better for black and brown people in the Commonwealth. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay,
1: so here are the four secrets on how to stand up to oppression in the workplace. And we're going to go. We'll dive deep afterwards. But number one, educate yourself. Number two remove the emotion. Number three, professional and eloquently slay. Okay? Mm-mm. And number four, change is not actually inevitable.
2: Oh, no, no, it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> It's
1: so key. Secret number one. Yeah,
2: that first secret about educating yourself is, is hugely important because the more that we educate ourselves around the oppression, around the systems, around the institutions, and have that balanced view yeah you know not that uh rose colored glass
1: view we fit fe- get fed all the time like that's them that ain't us <laughs> that's right <laughs> exactly <laughs>
2: you can understand it right so yeah. you know what you know where your your place and the space and and it gives you the opportunity then to have some impact to make some change
1: yeah at the end of the day no no it's, right. it's important i mean again you got to educate yourself. I mean, it's like, again, it's like when, you, when you're in your bubble and you're like, oh, it doesn't impact me. Right. You can have a friend right next mm-hmm. to your coworker and it's hugely impacting them. And you could come in and say something very irresponsible, insensitive, all of those things. We, right. see, we see it happen, you know, all the time. Secret number two for us is just remove the emotion. Okay. Yeah. Like deal in facts or like me and Keith like to say with the receipts. Okay. When you're talking about, when you remove the emotion. Like somebody might say something to you and it really upsets you, mm-hmm. and the argument can ensue. Okay. Yeah. At the end of the day, just remove the emotion and go off the receipts.
2: Yes. That's right. I mean, that's part of the problem with our politics today. Everybody just yelling and screaming at each yeah. other and not dealing with the facts, not dealing with the root, the yeah. root cause. So, I mean, you got to get all that emotion out the way because otherwise you're not going to be effective or impactful.
1: Yeah, I mean, seriously, we're talking about, the, we just gave an example of a bunch of receipts. We talked about some good stuff, but we also talked about the marginalized folks. Mm-hmm. Okay, we talked about that. I'm not making it up. There's really nothing for me to argue about when I'm talking about, I didn't have anything to do with the receipts themselves. Right. I just looked them up and they were there.
2: They were there. That's They're just facts. They're just facts. And to build upon that, secret number three is around when you get confronted with this stuff, this is the
1: time for you to professionally and eloquently slay somebody if you have to. <laughs> yeah. Right? You, you ain't got to lose your job. <laughs> right. You know, and start cussing and this, that, and the other.
2: That's right. You just point out the facts. I said, th- "This, hey, here's the data. Yeah. It's research data. What do you want me to do with it? <laughs> it yeah. is
1: what it is. So, so, for example, you know, Keith, I don't believe in what you said as it relates to the queen being mm-hmm. the greatest of all time. Or I don't agree with your stance on abortion. I don't right. agree with your stance on what happened at the U.S. Capitol. Right. You know, like, I don't agree on that. And this is why. And this is why. And here are the facts. And here are the facts. And and again, you don't have to get into an argument. Mm-mm. You can say how you feel and y'all can agree to disagree. Or you can make a, you can agree to maybe come back and talk about it later after I forward you the receipts that I have. That's right. And
2: you can forward yours too. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And we can have a conversation. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Or we can (laughs) just agree not to talk about it again. That's right. And it's okay. (laughs) And and look, you know, as you talked about like that professionally eloquently slaying people, because at the end of the day, you don't want to lose your job and you don't want to like be a victim of the white fragility, when right. you start telling the truth, mm-hmm. then people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you talked to me that way. You hurt right. my feelings. That's right. I'm crying I'll based cry. off of something my ancestors did. Like, no, I'm not going to do that, no. okay? Mm-mm. So this is where you have to understand that change is just not inevitable. That's right. Okay, like everyone is not willing to change, ready to change, any of that stuff. That's so right. it's like, why spend your time trying to convert that one individual or damn near about to lose your job over this one individual, sometimes you just got to let it ride.
2: You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to let it ride or make personal choices for yourself Yeah. around, is this the right place for me?
1: Yeah. At the end of the day. The music doesn't stop, Keith. The club is over. The club is over. That's right. Sometimes you got to call it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You're going to hang out in the parking lot and wait for something, or you're just going to go home, man. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you just got to go home. It ain't worth it just to keep talking to somebody who you know is not trying to Hear you or they are so far to the left or to the right. Like, it's just not worth it. Absolutely. I remember we have an episode coming up with the guests
2: we were speaking to is saying, hey, don't be banging your head against the wall all the time. If you're not getting nowhere, pivot. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. Move yeah. on. And that's what this secret is all about. And let's just focus now on what the new monarch, King Charles, can do to make life better for his people. Here are the four secrets for the king. Yeah. If he's listening and wants
1: some of my advice. The K-A-N-G. K-A. That's right. The king. The king. Okay. Uh, this is what the king can do. This is what secret number one.
2: Secret number one for the king is, first off, just acknowledge the past and current harm that's been caused by the British Empire and the monarchy. It ain't that hard. <laughs> Because, again, at first you have to acknowledge a problem before you can begin to atone for it, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. It's a way past time for the monarchy to really just be honest about its role in history
1: and how the monarchy
2: has benefited from oppression.
1: I mean, you can't, like, not talk about it. We can't start changing history by not talking about our you know kids don't need to feel guilty right you know about this Mm-mm. so this and, we, and i didn't have anything to do with my ancestors well you didn't have it maybe you didn't do it but you benefited from it but you benefited from it and you got to acknowledge right. that you did That's benefit right. from it sounds eerily familiar yeah i think we've been here before <laughs> this is like a bad recording again so look secret number two downside the monarchy and divert those funds to marginalized communities. Again, we're talking about giving up something, right? not, mm-hmm. and we're not talking about the performative act. We're actually like right. giving up giving something, up. right? It costs about 117 million dollars a year to support the royal family. King Charles paid himself 25 million dollars in salary last year. 25 million. 25 million. million. Who? Do, I mean, I like, come on, man. You, you, you know, I mean, I. What you you doing? The smell test. What you doing? That's right. So at the end of the day. But but he paid himself 25 million. He ain't spending no money. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. How you the victim? You ain't spending. You don't don't have no expenses.
2: No expenses. It's all coming from the people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What people? Off of what people's backs, you know? But again, we're talking about downside that and, and really take a look in the mirror and do the right thing. Do the right thing. That's right.
2: And all the charity work that you've done is impressive and everything else. But again, the real charity will start when the people aren't supporting you and lifting you up and continuing mm-hmm. to uphold you. You're actually giving back. Secret number three for the king is really just step down as head of state for all these countries that were used in the transatlantic slave that are still part of the British mm-hmm. Empire, if you will. Don't wait for referendums to happen in these countries. Just do it. Why should people be forced to vote on their own freedom? Just- to keep to keep taking from themselves to keep giving to you. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And having to vote on it. Yeah, we don't want you to be our head of state anymore. Yeah. Why should they have to vote on that shit? Right. Just
1: step aside. Just do the right thing. Do the right thing. How much money do you actually need? That's right. At the <laughs> end of the day, like how much money, like you in Mm-hmm. We're calling you the king. Right. We're calling another individual. Mm-hmm. A human. King. 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 over me. Right. Like all of that stuff. So I'm telling you, you're already superior to me. Now I gotta keep giving you money. That's right. And Ed i gotta, recognizing you. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. Look, <laughs> the last one for me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure look, cause I, cause this drink is getting a little over here, Keith. <laughs> okay. But the last one for me, man, is like key in so many situations here because we've seen other people receive this, mm-hmm. okay? number The secret number four to me that the king can do, reparations. Uh-oh. <laughs> he just said the R word, y'all. Reparations. Uh-oh. I mean, we've seen it over time where certain disenfranchised individuals and other uh, companies have been given reparations. Mm-hmm. They yeah. haven't done that stuff in the U.K., man. Oh, no. They ain't uh-huh. done it in America either. Yeah. Uh-huh. Either. They, they, they ain't trying to do that. No. You know that? So I level. think that if you really, really want to show that you're a man of the people or you can give reparations, you're you going to still have plenty left in your bank. Yes, right. Okay? They're going to still recognize you as whoever. That's right. And the country's going to be fine. They're going to they, they be Because the, the be one fine. thing we do know about history, and it's not just about the royal family. Mm-hmm. But he who has been in power for so long, they gonna always be okay. They always gonna be fine. <laughs> you that's know what, I, that's what I'm saying? Because they gonna figure out another way in the system to figure it out and make it benefit them. There you go. And Ricky wants his forty acres, y'all. Yeah, and my so mule. Know, am I you mule. want the mule too?
2: Yeah, I want everything. Oh, you want I, everything? I want you just all, gonna take it all.
1: I want all M I N E Z. All of it. <laughs> all of it. All mines is is what I want.
2: Oh shoot! And as we wrap up here today, you can find more resources on what we talked about today by going to our website, secrets.com and looking in the show notes for this episode. Janelle works hard to make sure those show notes are
1: tight. So check them out. Yeah, exactly. And look, Keith, our secrets village continues to grow because they just support us in everything the you know, that we do, man. They support us so much and we appreciate that, but just continue to help your brothers out by just, again, we say it every week because it's important, right? And it, mm-hmm. matters. it matters. And it matters. We don't get the nominations that we get and the continued support and whatnot. If you don't go out there and write a review on Apple or Spotify or just join our LinkedIn group and comment on our posts on all your favorite social media channels, just get out there and just get the word out. We have over 25,000 followers strong, you Mm -hmm. know, and downloads. And we're just honored again to be nominees for the 2022 Black Business Podcast because of your support. We don't get that mm-hmm. without you all.
2: No, not at all. Not at all. And it's such an honor. And so we're, we're very excited about that. And go check out our merchandise. Get a hoodie, a sweatshirt, a coffee mug, whatever. We got a lot of stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And remember, every purchase helps us help someone else get what they deserve mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And speaking of getting what you deserve, Ricky and I are all about Helping you get that coin and getting your seat at the table. And we're hovering around $5 million now Yeah, in additional total comp increases that we've helped people achieve by talking with us and working with us. So again, hit us up. Don't delay. Hit us up for personal coaching services. Or if you need us to come to training, provide training for your organization or do a keynote speech at your next event, mm-hmm. we are here for all of it. Or provide a referral if you like what we're doing. Trust me, the ROI is legit.
1: And look, we've been getting a whole bunch of, like, uh, coaching clients from people. From people within the Secrets Village, in the community. That's right.
2: Starting to refer.
1: So, again, as Keith said, check out the website for more information. But what I want to do here, before we close out this episode, we want to remind you that you ain't crazy. You are not crazy. (laughs) You (laughs) You are not crazy. You know, whether you are in America or in the U.K., or anywhere else, okay? You're crazy. We get it, okay? Today we hailed the queen and gave hell to the queen, <laughs> you know.
2: Also, right? I see what you did. Yeah, man. yeah. my little well, play on words. You know what I'm you. saying? I saw So, you.
1: and we weren't talking about Queen Latifah. No, you know, we either, no, no. Okay, no, no, we're no, talking no. about Queen Elizabeth over here. <laughs> but it's all in the spirit of making things better for all of us, right? For because sure. You can't, for sure. You can't get to the desired outcome without dealing with the, again, the, the again, areas with the that truth. need to be that need to be fixed. The uh, whole truth. The whole truth. And speaking of spirits, I need another one of them king-size cocktails that KPB pour in. I don't think he has a bone in his wrist, y'all. He, <laughs> he don't know how to pull up the drink. You know what I mean? So we're going to fill up these cups, back up where we like them to be so we can keep coming with this hot fire for you. And just remember one thing. We appreciate every one of our uh, Secrets listeners within the Village. And remember, when we share you transform. Peace, everybody. We're out.
0: Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed yet another episode of Secrets. In fact, one listener said that with Secrets, I learn new, actionable information listening to KP and PR. I enjoy the balance of data with the testimony of real experience, and we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please show these brothers some love. Subscribe and write a review on our podcast. And last but certainly not least, elevate your professional game by signing up for our executive coaching services. Check us out at www.secrets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when we share, you transform. Until next time, cheers!